0: Hello, everyone. I have to put this here from Jessica. And uh, welcome to the weekly show of Classroom Without Walls, episode 117. And on this show, I interview leading social media digital marketers like Jessica and uh, entrepreneurs, business owners. They come here and share with us their best practices, strategies, tactics, what is coming up, trends, so that we can future-proof our business. And uh, today we are talking about something that I personally don't know much about. Uh, It is called dark social, as you can see on the screen. And let me know in the comment section if you are familiar with dark social or not. And we are going to discuss dark social and some important implications for digital marketers and uh, entrepreneurs and business owners and you are going to walk away from this one hour from this live training or webinar or live streaming show however you want to call it with a much deeper understanding of dark social what it means and more importantly how you can tap into this capitalize on dark social to grow your business, to grow your brand, to make more money, to generate more impact. And uh, join me live, you know, like it's my dear friend, Jessica Phillips. I show you this because I got this from Jessica's amazing social media marketing event last year. So I have to show it here. And yeah. this is the first time that you hear Jessica speaking. And she is the founder and the CEO of Now Marketing and Jessica is also an international speaker and uh, she is the relationship marketing expert and uh, i have the great honor to connect with Jessica in person quite a few times and mm-hmm. uh, i'm telling you guys Jessica is the most authentic knowledgeable caring and compassionate amazing thought leader out there in the digital social media space and i'm so honored to have jessica join me live and teach us what is dark social and how we can apply it to our own business and marketing so before i uh bring uh, jessica on the show i have a quick Uh, personal announcement. And many of you know that I'm the founder of Classroom Without Wars, my own school that I'm very proud of. And I'm actually launching my program. And uh, the doors are the door closed on May 10th. So at Classroom Without Wars, we help parents uh, educate their children and we teach their children what schools are not teaching them to become future-ready. So if you are interested in the program, definitely send me a message and let us have a chat after the show. So Jessica, thank you so much for coming here and doing us live and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. And just hearing you talk about Classroom Without Walls, like I know we were chatting right before we came in, and I'm like, oh my goodness. I am learning the hard job that teachers have um, and how unprepared I am to do that role. Um, so I love what you're doing because if anything that COVID-19 has taught us, it is that you do have to be future ready and uh-huh. be able to be flexible and do things like this, right? Connect with people live and, right. and not be limited right. by like right. technology or demographics. Yeah, for sure.
0: Totally. totally. Yeah. Thank you. That's where I of off yeah. you. And by the way, everyone, we are live on, uh, we're live on Facebook, on LinkedIn. On Periscope and on YouTube. So let me know in the comment section where you guys are joining us live from, social media wise and geographically speaking. I see a bunch of you are already here. Thank you so much. And Alina, yes, absolutely. There will be a replay that you can catch up later. And by the way, oh, hi Vicky and my dear friend Peter uh, is in the comment section as always monitoring and running the show to make sure that your questions will be answered so if I miss any of your questions feel free to tag Peter and he is awesome and so let's get started Jessica and many of us at least this is something
1: that I am not familiar with Mm -hmm. so what is dark social? Yeah, so let me first tell you what it's not. Because just by the name, so many people kind of think it's talking about the dark web. It's not the dark web, don't worry. It's nothing like that. But dark social isn't really a new concept, but it's just becoming more important that we as brands and as marketers focus on it. Because what it identifies is the traffic that is coming to your website and that is happening around a brand that we can't measure, hence Mm. the dark portion of it. And why this has become more and more important and grown rapidly over the course of the past three years, even more so 2020 now. I mean, it's growing at a rapid rate. I mean, the last study that was done, this was like in uh, 2016, Mm. over 80% of a brand's traffic, meaning talking about them, driving them back to the website, can't be attributed to something. And the reason why is because so many of us are communicating with friends, our colleagues, and just people in our network in a private channel, being Messenger, Facebook groups, you know, uh, some of the niche smaller apps like a TikTok or Mm -hmm. even sending something via text, via group text threads um, or email. And a brand isn't able to attribute that traffic that's coming back to their site. Mm -hmm. So they're looking and seeing all this traffic and saying, okay, where can we attribute this? Like what's really happening? And, And great traffic. Great, more traffic's coming there. But the problem is we don't know what's resonating, what's not mm-hmm. as well as who's resonating with it. So that's where uh, the rise of dark socials is coming. And as we've heard from like Carrie Vannerchuk and Mark Zuckerberg, they're saying the future of social is private. We're only getting a little glimpse of what this is even going to grow into. It's even going to become more and more important to be able to get into the conversation.
0: Oh, wow. Like you were like, there's so much to unpack from <laughs> the last several sentences you mentioned. So mm-hmm. like first, actually, I know the study. I also uh, found the same study, I think from a uh, reading one, actually, it's a study published in 2016. And they were talking about, you know, dark social actually constitutes 84% mm-hmm. of social media sharing. And when I first read that number, I was like, Oh my God, oh my, that's so crazy. So why do you think people prefer to share like privately? Like is it like because of like sharing private information but as I was doing research, even for information that is kind of generic like for public and people
1: still prefer to share privately, why is that? It's just the way that we are, are growing as a society. I mean, if you think about it, okay, if you're referring someone, To another business. They've called it like word of mouth, right? And it's typically one person talking about something to another. And we feel more comfortable kind of sharing our opinion or advice in a private kind of trusted, trusted setting. And Mm -hmm. as we've grown our social channels, if you look at it, even probably all of us, if we look at our network and community of who we've kind of accepted and added on, no matter what the channel I guarantee there's probably at least a fourth of those people that you would consider like trusted contacts, but some of them are kind of just there because you've made the connection, they've friends of friends, that kind of thing. So we've kind of gravitated to okay, more and more and more people to connect with me but then we've lost that intimacy, right? Mm. The, the point of it, that was our social channel. So we're kind of moving back into that realm. We're craving that intimacy within a close group of people where we feel safe, kind of sharing certain kinds of information. So if I'm seeing something that's, you know, a trip or something that I want to take, um, and I'm seeing it hosted by this company, I'm going to share it with the people that I feel you know comfortable with sharing that information. I'm not going to share it publicly where people are like, "Oh, when you taking your trip, you know, and kind of getting into your business, so to speak. So you're going to share that information publicly. and And if we've seen anything, Messenger is the most used app right now on Facebook. And really for that reason, and, and Facebook, even their television commercial for the Super Bowl, Facebook paying for a Super Bowl commercial, they spent those advertising dollars paying for a Super Bowl commercial to promote Facebook groups. They're seeing the trend. We as a as a human race are craving that intimacy more. So we're trying to join more like-minded people where we feel safe and connected to.
0: That's so interesting. Maybe that's why, you know, like uh, groups are becoming like popular because of that privacy sure. and very interesting. And uh, so here is uh, a mm-hmm. question from Vicky and thank you for joining us live. And so uh, she asked uh, if uh, dark social include... Uh, DMs or does not need to exit one platform and enter another platform or channel like email so yeah you kind of mentioned what dark social is not about so maybe like no. kind of yeah, so what dark
1: social is is yeah. any kind of uh, brand even brand mention that has a link in it that could be shared within a DM direct message is a huge portion of it uh, but it could also be like stories um, it's something where it's private to where it can't be attributed or tracked. If you look at being tracked by uh, like an analytics right now. Now you can track it, but you have to do some extra things, um, whether that's creating UTM codes um, Mm -hmm. of your links. To attribute everything which is still going to be hard you know even on your website um or you have to use like a third-party app that is going to help you track this better but yes it's sharing things in the dms and sharing things in text messages sharing things um within like a story sharing things uh within email um and things like that even private searching so if you have like your searching turn people can't track you and now websites you know say hey will you allow the cookies for a lot of those reasons because i mean we are the product online right like yeah. we are the thing that's generating the revenue we as in the browsers using social media uh, people using uh google and and the web in general so how companies are, are you know monetizing that is being able to collect data on us so it's kind of scary to them especially the big companies when they don't know. We talked about 86% of social sharing is dark social, but 80% of just direct web traffic uh, to your website can be attributed to dark social. Some of it's wow. media, but it's conversations that are happening um, that a brand isn't aware of. And we've seen these trends, too, though. I mean, you know, where people are saying, like, you're not in control of your brand messaging anymore. And this just proves it tenfold. Totally. Because people are talking about your brand, and you have uh, before the beauty of social was that you can listen now, right? You can listen and, and, and participate and be part of that conversation. And unless you have been invited to the conversation that are happening in dark social, you can't really uh, participate because it's becoming behind closed doors with niche trusted communities.
0: Wow, so in that sense, you know, we really leave the brands in the dark, right? So you have no idea what's going on, where the traffic's coming from. So very interesting. And what you just mentioned reminds me of Mark Schaefer's book. He talks about this. You need to be invited to the island to join the conversation, to be part of the conversation. And it just reminds me of that. He definitely
1: gets it. Yes, he's so right, so spot on. Like, Thought leaders like Mark Schaefer, you know, like Seth Godin has, and I know you're a fan of him as well. I like, I'm such a fangirl, but like brands like that get it. And they've been preaching this for a long time that it's really about the experience. Like it's not so much us selling, you know, our product or service, it's about creating the sense of belonging. And that's where, you know, relationship marketing kind of comes into play. But until you can create this sense of belonging and really focus on this overall experience, that's going to make. Or create, I should say, rather, a community of people wanting to have the conversation with the brand about the brand in a positive light because that's all you're focused on. That's why it's really focusing on your current audience. In marketing to them, and I use the word marketing loosely, but focusing on them, focusing client delight efforts on them so they can be empowered even more so when they're sharing these messages out. Because it's typically people that know you that are sharing it, right, to be sharing messages that are in a positive light that's going to drive the right kind of traffic back to you.
0: Oh, totally, totally. I have a few follow-up conversations based on what you just said. Like, every sentence you mentioned, I I just want to unpack. There are so many valuable points. And you mentioned earlier, you know, like, do you think dark social is a sign that the future of social media is going to be more and more privacy-based? Like, the earlier, like, we discussed a study that's almost like four years ago. The number is 84%. So do you see that number will continue to increase? And so, what do you think?
1: Yeah, and I've been obsessed with 2020. And, and in 2010, I started being obsessed with this study done by Walker uh, called "20 People 2020," and they were talking about like we as a, a race, as as people that are are searching online and how our behavior has is evolving and what we're expecting, right? And that study, I highly encourage everybody to search it out. It's called "Customers 2020." It's done by Walker, and what they talked about and we you've already seen it we're already here and most people don't even realize it though in in if anything COVID has taught us even more an emphasis on what i'm about to share too but the what the study unpacked is human behavior and what and how we we search for things what we're expecting to see and what's going to influence our buying decision and their big buying um purpose said that yeah they're perfect that's the study right there and they said the experience is the number one reason why somebody's going to choose one brand over another. It used to be price, wow. right? but it's all about experience. And experience, I mean, in the verb sense—how you're making someone feel, right? Like, how do you make them feel? Not just feel like when you're working with them, because ninety percent of all buying decisions are starting online right now. They've been, you know, starting online, but now it's ninety percent are starting online. They're searching for information, and the most Uh, influential thing that's deciding whether they're choosing one brand over another if they haven't worked with you is experience. And they're getting that decision of is this company going to meet my experience needs or not by what others are saying about you, which means the word of mouth is the number one referrer of business. And here's the thing with word of mouth, no, it's not just the people that you know. We're looking at peer reviews. Like, Amazon is the perfect model for this. Peer reviews as the deciding factor of, oh okay, is that brand going to be able to handle my needs or not? And we're trusting those reviews as if they were my peer, but they're not. So they're saying not only will experience be that deciding factor, but they're looking at a couple different elements of that speed, ease of use, and accessibility. Mm-hmm. So if we look at who's still succeeding right now, even in like this COVID crisis, are people that were already ready to handle transactions like completely online, right? Mm-hmm. That had accessibility, that were flexible, and that it was just easy. There was a frictionless experience. And by them having that kind of set up, now they're inviting more of people to share their message through the dark social. More people are talking about them. And that's how these brands grow faster, just by being aware um, you know, where the customers in control, right? Mm-hmm. They have control. They're able to perform transactions and work with a brand at their speed, at their rate, you know, be accessible to them, but also have that human component to it Mm. that if they do stumble, if they do need something, there's somebody on the other end of the phone or screen that can answer those messages. So to go back to your original question, do I think this is going to grow and is this a sign? Absolutely. Like if we look at the apps that are winning, like um, I just did um, magnet marketers yesterday on TikTok and the use case for business for that. And if we look at anything with the apps that are growing, TikTok's now the number four most most downloaded social media app and the second largest free iPhone app that's being downloaded. And it's because people are able to just connect with a smaller community and, and, and see things that are going on and, and share messages privately. So Facebook groups are growing exponentially. Messenger's used uh, more than anything else. Uh, you know, chatbots, and I... I hate the word chatbots I'd call it messenger marketing that's growing for brands because mm-hmm. people are craving having a one-to-one connection when they need it
0: mm-hmm. versus
1: a one-to-everyone right yeah. so things on your page but when you know that you want something need something or um want a response what's the first thing we do we message a company right or we mm-hmm. hit them up directly um on, on one of their channels. It's it's growing because we're we're craving more meaning, I would say,
0: yeah, oh my god, like i I so agree with you, I and mean, like. I actually started like when people ask me questions about live streaming whatever, I actually received D- DM, private DM from people to have a private conversation about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, really interesting to hear like the, some of the numbers and your prediction that this will continue to grow, makes so much sense. And you're talking about TikTok, uh, even our apartment, apartment complex. So the other day we got an email from our apartment, seeing that they are they are giving us like a TikTok contest, so they are going to reduce the rent. Or like oh, it was really interesting to see yeah. how they are tapping into TikTok to nurture a sense of community for the residents. Very
1: interesting. So yeah, here, they're um, doing that? Sorry, um sorry.
0: Oh yeah, no worries. Yeah.
1: The brands that are doing that—they're—they're they're genius, right? They're—they're they're encouraging user-generated content because they know people are creating it. Now they're just giving them you know, uh, some ideas and reward in order to do so. And that is also what resonates with others online because they can get a sense of that experience faster. And people like Gary Vanderchuk, for example, giving out a cell phone number, he mm-hmm. knows that direct communication says you are important to me. Mm-hmm. And I want to put my information out there because you are important to me. And it's a fast way to build you know, uh, authenticity, relationships, and loyalty by giving that accessibility to you as a brand. Totally,
0: totally, and other places are just so like cluttered. You just feel like this is kind of one-on-one. I'm actually, I subscribe to his text number. Like, uh, frequently I receive messages from him and uh, very interesting, very interesting approach. So here's a, a question from uh, Valentina. Thank you for joining mm-hmm. us live and uh, so, what we are, we are discussing so far, dark social, uh, do you think this is only unique to the B2B
1: space or B2C space, or what do you think? I think it's for everyone. So yeah, Valentina, Um, I think I said your name, right? <laughs> I'm in the B2B space too. Now granted, I help clients do this and many of them are B2C space, right? But the B2B space that I'm in, don't think about it as uh, like overcomplicated. It's something that we're already really doing, right? So here's just a, a common small step that you can do to make dark social kind of work in your favor. And some of these things you may already be doing, but well, first, really understanding, okay, what is our our client's journey to work with us, right? And seeing how can we, you know, lay out this process in a way to remove friction because sales transactions should be able to uh, start on your website, whether that's a product, service, whatever you're offering. So first that's you know covering your experience bases there. And then how can we get invited to the conversation or start the conversation with our customer, whether that's putting something as simple as having a messenger uh, bot on your on your website, which Facebook offers you one for free, where you they can start a conversation with you and get invited mm-hmm. uh, to that conversation to start with you, or you're putting up your your post even on your public page, where now you are offering up um, conversation starters underneath, you know, if Facebook, when you post a message, now you can put the or post a post, excuse me, you can put the message message us a uh, portion on there for to get their responses back. Encourage that because now Facebook also has, um, you know, where you can label and even though I hate that word, label your audience mm-hmm. in there. So you know who they are, uh, when you're communicating back with them and put some notes there. And make sure that you already know who you're buyer personas, avatars, whatever you want to call it, are for your B2B business. So you know, okay, if this is my audience, here's the pain point they're having, here's the goals that we help them reach, here's what a day in their life looks like, where would it make sense for us to show up then in a way that is going to encourage conversation? For mm-hmm. for example, having a marketing agency, we created um, a Facebook group for our clients To keep them in the know of things that are happening on on social media and in marketing in general that could affect them so that's um you know quick screen share on things that are happening so they know how to do it like the messenger thing that facebook rolled out and like here's how we can add it to your website or you can you know if you choose Um, if you're looking for it here's the different settings for facebook groups so you can do this for yourself and we just called it relationships and roi in that way we can help just provide extra value and keep them in that conversation. And by them being in this space with us, like we're able to talk about all the COVID stuff and here's some resources to sign up for the PPP program and all that. And things that we wouldn't necessarily put on our um, public Facebook page, but things that are a more of a destination that we can have a more intimate conversation in this, the safe space, if you will, with the Facebook group.
0: Oh, wow. I, so it is. that's such a great idea. So you actually create a separate Facebook group for your clients. Wow. I oh, wonder wow. how many people do that. You really keep the conversation going. You don't just serve them. You also educate them. Wow, that's amazing. See, everyone, that's why I just love Jessica so much. We have really quite a few people join us live. Thank you so much, everyone. And uh, so uh, this question from Melissa, and actually... I kind of shied away from facebook for quite some time because of the spam that i got you know dm like dislikes like even like face quite a few facebook groups i joined and i'm sure many of you are in quite a few like yeah. i feel like everyone's just selling 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 like mm-hmm. it's just so much selling and people are not really offering help so what do you think about that how is this kind of trend going to interfere with this dark social growing popularity do you think this will affect that. So what's, what's the connection?
1: Yeah, people are always going to try to kind of rig the system, if you will, cheat the system, <laughs> right? And, and they don't realize that um, it doesn't work, right? And uh, I think some people are still in that mindset of, of numbers, like where if I just do more, I'll get a conversion or that's going to fall flat. That's the point. That's why people are doing things in dark social, because they don't like it messages Mm -hmm. like this they don't like being force-fed a message and being broadcasted so in regards to the platform the platform's just the tool right it's the technique that you use on the platform that's going to make the difference so instead of maybe joining somebody's facebook group maybe you create one or maybe you go a different route altogether another thing that we've done is Um, introduce some of our clients to Voxer, right? So it's voice communication directly back and forth. And Mm -hmm. you can then, you know, send audio messages to them. Or another thing that we've done with some clients is do video emails, right? So it's just a way of getting in the inbox, whatever that looks like for you, whether you're doing it one to, you know, a smaller group, I hate to say one to many, but one to a smaller group, whether that's, a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group, even though I haven't had a lot of success there with LinkedIn me group.
0: either. Yeah. Um, if anyone knows like us,
1: no, yeah. At yeah. <laughs> all. Um, or you build your own, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. it's something like this where you're inviting people in to like, like a webinar kind of thing um, or your own. Uh, we've had several clients build their own community within their website you know, where, where it's yeah. um, just providing kind of resources there. But the thing is, I've not seen as much success on the website ones because the the key is going to where they're already hanging out, not asking them to your clients or customers to go somewhere else mm. and do something else, right? Like making it super convenient for them and in doing something that's of value that is nurturing Enriching and maintaining that relationship with the people that you already have to the point where they want to refer you on, they want to uh, continue, you know, mentioning you in these conversations. Mm-hmm. They do want to, you know, uh, bring you into the messages that are going out. That's the key. It's really shifting our focus to getting more leads and sales, to keeping the sales that we have in making it so much more enriched, where those people, because they are already, are even more our sales army, but now they're just more equipped because they know us better, right? They're they're, they're connected to us more.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, so, so my great points. And I wonder, you know, like, cause- before I, I really didn't know much about dark social. So when I was thinking, you know, as I was getting prepared for this interview, I was like, "You are such a, you are known as the relationship marketing expert." I was asking myself, you know, what's the connection between relationship marketing and dark social? I think when people think about dark social there is some like connotation that we think like dark website, you know, I see a comment from from Don talking about that. So really interesting to hear you explain, which has already deepened my understanding of dark social, which is so different from what I was thinking prior to our conversation. You already give us uh, a few examples. I wonder for you as the relationship marketing expert, what are some additional ways besides what you already shared with us, that you guys have been using or capitalized on dark social to grow now marketing. Yeah, uh,
1: do you mind sharing a few more like case studies that yeah. with us? Absolutely, so another big piece of it, and, and one easy way to think about it, because I think when we shift from, okay, having our storefront or our relationships face-to-face in, in what we would naturally do there, it, it makes sense, right, it comes natural to us. But for some reason, when we put it online, then it's like, oh my God, what is the strategy, what is the plan, and and it gets confusing. Where really, if you just think about it, and I, I don't remember who said the quote, but I love it, and they're like, the brand isn't what you tell your customers it is, it's what they say about you when you leave the room. So people yeah. it yeah. like, wow, like dark social is like that. Yeah. Right. It's like, what are people saying when you're not around to hear and listen? So, as it relates to uh, relationship marketing, it's everything. Um, so, how we've used this um, dark social movement in what we're doing with now is continue to enhance the services and the way that we provide it to mm-hmm. our clients, meaning that. One, we're checking in with them. Uh, of course, I've already mentioned, and I'm just going to brief it real quick, that we know who our audience is, right? That's super important because then we we know who we are and who we're wanting to build a relationship with and get invited to the conversation for. Yeah. Also, we know who. what is our messaging? What do we want people to say about us? You know, What is our brand manifesto, if you will? And, and what kinds of conversations do we want being had about us? From there... When we've worked with our client, we're making sure that we're staying in touch with them to kind of keep the pulse mm-hmm. of the to know if there's anything that we need to um, improve upon, if we need to, you know, see what their next struggle is or next need is that we can then implement. Because, again, it's about keeping that experience solid. So whether that's adding something onto your website, whether that's, um, you know, having another uh, person on your team that's that's Performing a service that your client needs, uh, and adding that skill set on, um, and we've done this again through like the Facebook groups. Like I said, the video uh, emails through, um, you know, communicating with them through Voxer. But something else that we just did that we heard a lot, and I actually heard this uh, from my clients, but then also attending conferences was, I asked people that were attending conference. There was many brands there, mm-hmm. and I asked them, you know, what what was their goal for being there, and they said. I feel like we don't understand what the agency is doing and what the numbers mean when they're sending it it. And we're trying to learn how to do this on our own. And I swear, like, unless agencies get this right, agencies will be phased out very quickly because we know what works on social is real time, real people doing real things happening. And the same kind of cookie cutter, push it out message. And then, okay, well, we're the experts in maintaining kind of the analytics and the software. These clients are hungry to figure it out. So what we've seen even more than us just having these meetings with them and having check-ins with them is that we need to be super transparent and make sure that our reports are understood by them and that they can access them. So we've spent the first part of 2020 building into our uh, CRM that communicates with our our clients, like our messaging platform, a spot for them to quick grab their analytics. And then it has a video that goes over what those numbers mean. So Mm -hmm. it's like, Hey, we want full transparency here. So, Really listening to the pain points of your customers is super, super important no matter what industry you're in. Um, and then using what you know that it's all going to be about this experience. And dark social is just the aftermath of what's already happened. Does that make sense? Like Oh, so much, yeah. What's going to happen, what you do before they get into those messaging is what's important. It's how are you treating them, how are you leaving them, how are you educating them so they can have a more uh, impactful conversation about you behind the scenes and want to have more conversations about you. Oh my God. Cool. Just like the aftermath of it.
0: I feel like you just dropped like $1 million right there. And that is so powerful. I mean, <laughs> it's so true. I mean, like I recently started using ClickFunnels. I love them so much because they actually have so much, you know, Free content and to to educate me. I feel so empowered to learn That's more about. Because I don't want to be in the dark, you know. That's yeah. why I don't want to outsource. I know if I outsource this, I can easily find a VA to build a click funnel page for me, like like, you know, $20 or so, but I don't want to do that. I want to be educated. But those brands who can have the time, have the heart the compassion to educate their customers, like what you are doing and now marketing, oh, that is so powerful.
1: And, it, and honestly, I think agencies are scared because they're like, oh, if we show them how to do it, then they're gonna take over our job. And we've found the opposite to be true. We found that once they see what all goes into it, they value what we do so much more. Because they didn't understand, they didn't know that like all that work went into it. So you actually have the opposite that happens uh, when you're aligned with the right people. Now they're like, "Oh my lands! Like you took all this time and effort to actually get to this, and they respect, value, and understand a lot more. And there's there's just a level of trust that's built to where you don't have to feel awkward about talking about price anymore, and and talking about uh, you know the services that you provide in that aspect.
0: Oh wow, that is so powerful, I love that. And so here uh, I think uh, uh, Lance and joining us live from Australia. Uh, Thank you, I think it's like 6 a.m. for you. Thank you so much. And uh, so he asked this question, I'm sure like I have been having uh, this question myself and probably quite a few people in the live audience also have this question. What about voice search and the video messages on LinkedIn? And I think also we can expand the question a little bit through a messenger, WhatsApp, almost like Instagram DM. So what do you think about, you know, sending our voices or like videos? Uh, is that yes. like part of dark social? How no, it's us? definitely
1: part of it. And honestly, LinkedIn is a great one to do it on because it's so unexpected. Mm-hmm. Right. So many people are still now you've seen quite a bit more lax. I would say we're like at the business casual stage of LinkedIn right now, Um, but still a more kind of proper present yourself business first kind of attitude where it's still uh, what I call surface level. (laughs) And what Mm -hmm. I mean by surface level, it's like, what do you do? What do you do? And you don't ever get to that meaningful portion of it until you do break that barrier. So I love using voice. Audio only or video, depending on your comfort level. Um, on, um, like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, using that and just saying, hey, thank you so much for connecting. You know, I'm doing this right now and I've seen this on your page and I would love to know this about you. And when you ask that question of what you would love to know about them, make sure it's one that's not surface level. So one of my favorites is like, what is your superpower and what's your kryptonite? Because it catches people so off guard and it's something that's gonna get to the heart and make them think about that answer, right? And that's the key. You wanna get past all the, here's what we do and here's what's on my resume to something that's more meaningful. So yes, do please use those video and audio messages. It's more memorable and it's gonna cause an emotion. It's gonna use more of the senses and so it's going to uh, have a bigger impact at the end of the day. Just don't use it for spam. (laughs) Because <laughs> it's gonna have a more impact how are we read music for good or evil. I
0: mean it's so true. I, I, I use uh like video or voice message on like on all the channels, including on Twitter. And I shared the story already, but I don't mind saying this again so people really hear this message. And the reason I got an opportunity to work with HubSpot and become their HubSpot Academy instructor is actually because I sent a video with no agenda behind my video to say hi to my friend uh, Crystal Kim, who is working at HubSpot Academy. I was like, Hi, Crystal. So great to connect with you on Twitter. Like, nine seconds. You know, I said something I love HubSpot, I use it all the time. That's really the beginning of our collaboration. Even to this day, we are still working together on courses. Incredible, amazing. So if you just really take the time and the heart, you know, be genuine, like
1: I you know, I saw a great great tip. Yeah. Yeah, and that was it. The heart and genuine, no agenda. Those were the three things that you said that everyone can spot in a minute and you are definitely that person so definitely everyone if you want to know how to do it like check out what I doing like oh, I know <laughs> it's it's true like on Twitter on LinkedIn on Facebook like what you do because people can tell and that's the beauty in and also the beast if we will and why dark social is growing the beauty is people have now the the BS meter for lack of a better uh, PR correct way of saying it. And we can tell when somebody's kind of being phony and when they're not, very quickly on social, whether that's a brand or whether that's an individual personal brand. And so, when somebody is being more authentic, adding personality to what they're sharing publicly, yeah, and then also taking the time, the effort, and the the heart, if you will, you know, t- to be genuine and do an extra step, that's what's memorable. It's that extra little delight thing that's not expected that's going to stand out and be m- memorable versus all the other messages that they're probably getting in a day right like oh, wait, hey, totally. hey.
0: I think especially nowadays, you know, we are in this crisis, everyone feels so stressed out. And actually last week I have Dan Gingis on the show. We were talking about, yeah, how to surprise and delight our customers in this uncertain time. I think for agencies or entrepreneurs who have the high EQ level, if they can figure out ways to really surprise their customers during this time, and those people are not going to walk away after the coronavirus is over. And uh, so here's a very interesting comment from Vicky. I think kind of she resonates with what you were talking about earlier, Jessica. You know, agencies are kind of out. And uh, so do you see that as a trend when people see the name agency in their company name? People kind of, oh, you know, I don't like impersonal, maybe too expensive. Do you see that coming or no?
1: I can't say that I've like... I don't have an educated <laughs> answer on that. I mean, I could see it going both ways, right? Like I could see somebody looking at agency and say, okay, they, they're they more than a one person shop and they may have um, more experience for what my brand needs depending on the brand. But I could also see it going in reverse too of saying, it may be expensive, agency is kind of, you know, a negative connotation of they're, you know, have many clients and it's kind of just about the revenue. Um, I'm not sure, though, what the psychology is about just seeing the word agency to discourage or encourage someone. I mean, I could see it both ways, but I don't have the actual answer on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I do on my kids' homework right now.
0: (laughs) 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 I I so hear you on this. you're asking so many great questions and actually this is one of my questions I was thinking as you are talking, you know, like, which is so true when you uh, receive a, like a DM from someone you just feel like, you know, you have all the walls, you know, in front of you because we have all been sold to the past several years, we got so tired of it, we become a lot more critical, hey, is this person trying to sell me something? So what are some tips to lower people's defense mechanism? So like, to know this is actually a conversation. I'm actually here to start a conversation. I'm not trying to sell you anything. So any, like, I love this question. Any tips you yeah. can share? with
1: us? No. And that is a great question because I should have even said this earlier. You don't want to invite yourself to the inbox. So don't DM without permission. Okay. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is permission for somebody maybe reaching out to connect with you first, if we're talking about like a personal connection or a profile, Or on the business pages, like I said, if it's on uh, Facebook, for example, you're inviting people to start that conversation with you by asking engaging questions or leaving the messenger uh, option turned on within the post. For the Facebook group, you're inviting people to it, not adding them to it, but inviting them to join this community that Mm -hmm. is around a certain topic of interest to them and letting them have the decision on whether to join it or not. When we're talking about um, you know, one to one, like, or chatbot messaging uh, and DMing that way, that's something that people would need to opt into. So you don't want to start a message without somebody giving you permission, because that's what turns people off. And then also upholding the expectation for what they've opted in for. So you also don't want to, you know, get them to opt in and then abuse it, right, by just going message overload, because that's what Facebook actually is really put a limit to they've changed up you know and even uh suggested that they're going to have two different inboxes for messages that are coming from brands versus messages that are coming from your connections and changed up several of the features even in groups where now you can't do the group chats anymore um Mm -hmm. within the group anyway you can start your own but um because of those things because yes people ruin it (laughs) marketers sometimes ruin everything when it comes to online marketing so you want to make sure that you're you're asking for permission, or they're, you know, suggesting that they want you to start that conversation with them
0: yeah i love this you know reminds me of you know Seth golden has been talking about this for so many years permission marketing so like for us from Mm -hmm. the marketer perspective we all want to be that part of that conversation right you know like yeah we're so anxious so what are some ways that we can actually be invited into a group or into a dm and make people feel like they trust us so Mm -hmm. any tips you can share with us to help us be invited into that conversation or group mm-hmm. or that
1: social space. Yeah. So it it starts with building that trust with them uh, first and mm-hmm. doing something that is going to be meaningful on some level. So you really it does take time. It's not going to be like a, a quick thing. I hate to say like I wish I could say okay, you do these three things today and it's going to open up the floodgates for you. But here's a couple things. One, you have your your like I said, your audience in place. You do have to have a specific persona group or know who your audience is, know who your brand is at at its core, give it a personality, right? Like, um, I call it the care approach. Um, so care more for your customers and the care breaks down to capturing attention. So really knowing, you know, um, what your brand's going to stand out, look like, articulate your message, uh, make it super simple for people to share it on relationships, building real relationships. So, After you know who your audience is, you know how your brand's going to stand out via starting news, engaging conversations online, having Mm -hmm. that nice process on your website to make it frictionless. And then when it comes to building the relationships, doing this, the personalized approach, whether that's video messaging or emails, um, thanking people for their time, audio messages, uh, just dropping some of the bureaucracy in the way that you sound when you're messaging people, right that way. Um, And then, offering something of value that they can have in order to be part of that conversation. So whether that, again, and it usually is the easiest when you have um, this on people that have already bought into you. So focusing on your, your customers that you have today. And you can accelerate this by finding people in your community that you can align with. So people that are similar to you, believe what you believe. So like I, you're perfect, right? Like this is why I will always be on your show. Like you have the same kind of, um, you know, heart mindset and desire to help educate people to do online marketing better. And that's just like me. So you already have a trusted community of people that love you. Like everyone here right now.
0: Yes, we have an example of people right now.
1: Yes. I had three people message me after you posted. I hadn't even spoke yet. You had just posted that you were interviewing me. I have three LinkedIn invites of people saying, I love I. And I see that you're going to be on her show. So I'd love to connect with you. Okay. It is power of community people oh that. Yeah, so aligning with people that have the similar beliefs can accelerate this for you as well. So really focusing on how are you going to attract, how are you gonna you know help um, in the in the consideration standpoint, right by giving the resources away of course, the conversion, make it memorable, make it uh, something that's focused on leaving them with a positive emotion. And then don't stop there. Don't think of it as like a sales funnel process. Think of it like a flywheel where you're always continuing to build your momentum and just increase your impact to turn, you know, your, your, uh, fans on your page to, or excuse me, followers on your page to true fans of yours, your clients into true advocates for you, your community into true collaborators mm-hmm. with you, and even your team members into people that will be evangelists for you because they love doing what they're doing too. And, and once you add that, you know, shift from that buying mindset to all of us are belonging to a thing, it becomes a more natural, you're going to get invited to the conversation uh, process.
0: Oh, it's like, thank you for the kind words. That means a lot to me and uh, so many great points. I see this question from Rich Carr and thank you for joining us, Rich. And he's asking about what is the the proper use for LinkedIn DM? And I kind of want to expand the question a little bit. And Jessica, for those of you who have just joined us live, Jessica Phillips, I'm going to share her Twitter handle in a second. She is the relationship of marketing expert at uh, building genuine relationships and communities and as you can tell from everything she has been mentioning so far so in a general scheme like if we want to really cap on, uh, capitalize on this dm you know dark social uh, what do you think is the right way to approach dm i'm, I'm sure you have Know quite a few good cases and bad cases. So, what is you know in your book? What is the best approach to use DM without abusing it to to really genuinely get to know people and generate ROI and impact and income?
1: Yeah. So again, you mentioned getting it to know people, not jumping to the sale first, not like DMing them just to say, "Hey, I got this new ebook, I want you to download," or um, "Hey, I want to schedule time to pick your brain." Like that's the worst <laughs> thing ever to say. Um, so it's really just genuinely noticing something about them first mm. and then taking some time to really look at their profile and mention something that it would have taken you time to mention or to, to search out and find. So whether that's, Oh, I noticed you went to school here, or I noticed you published an article on this. And I found this interesting, like make it genuine that you're interested in something right. And, and then have, the genuine intent of getting to know them more, because you don't want to DM um, just for sale, like I said, or pick their brain, or make it something generic. Take time to to do the the work first, and then have no agenda there. I, I mean, your goal could be okay. Okay, I could see this person is a person that I want to work with, be on their podcast, uh, you know, sell to, whatever. But start with a conversation. And don't have the agenda um of selling you know on the first date, if you will and then when you message them um it, this can be written it can be audio uh video is my favorite that's going to be more memorable so i would do something like hey i noticed this on your on your channel um i wanted to learn more about you Here's mm-hmm. one cool thing about me this is no agenda i just want to get to know you more or whatever and send that via audio video or personal message and I guarantee you'll get a better result back but yes I love um LinkedIn but I also hate it because I get the most family messages there ever and that's like an on- instant like unconnect you know I'm not connecting with you when I get that uh, right away
0: I mean yeah for me definitely LinkedIn on Twitter like almost like instantaneously as soon as you follow this person there's like check out my book check this out check that out i definitely hate that or sometimes this person is like pretending to be genuine you have maybe one or two message exchange and then the third message hey this is my true intention i was like "Ah, oh. you know like, it just makes me feel like oh feel like." Let train- them
1: ask the question like how is best sales happen the best when they're asking the questions about what you offer and continuing to be genuinely interested. And that's when you can open it up. It's not something that you're going to push to them or try to trick them to get them on a call. And then you drop the b- sales bomb, you know, like just get to know each other and let them ask, you know, like if they're interested, they're going to share more about them and ask you more about you. And that's the place where you're telling them a little bit about you, kind of what you do, but don't make it salesy. Just like you're having a, a conversation uh, with someone. Because um, you are, <laughs> that's all you're
0: doing. <laughs> totally, and I love what you mentioned earlier. I know I, I cannot see this uh, follow-up point from Rich. Like for me, I—I I, if I want to connect with this person, i be a professional stalker first. I really consume their content very intentionally to know what they're interested in. So when I have that small talk, it's not, hey, how's your day? But it's actually a meaningful small talk. Or sometimes if I know this person is actually looking for something, there's an article I can actually offer some help. So stalk a little bit and then i build that connection maybe reach out send a voice or yeah. video message
1: and that has been working really well in my case and be patient yeah, it does. i think people get scared because they're like oh my god that sounds like a lot of work for one person but you have a better chance of it closing than you just kind of doing this on a bigger scale where then it's going to be building kind of like culture or brand debt, if you will, because you're going to turn that person off, which they're going to, you know, potentially get mentioned by the next person that they're connecting with and asking about you. They're like, oh, that guy was or girl was just so salesy, like eye roll kind of thing versus, oh, that's cool. I got to know him. Oh, I oh, I should see what he does or she does. Right. Like you have a better chance of just focusing on one person uh, and having or, you know, a few people, whatever, but one to one versus just kind of blasting it out there. It sounds like it takes a long time, but I promise it has like, again, the flywheel effect. It's just growing in momentum and it's gonna expand further versus you needing mm-hmm. to dump a quantity of people like in the sales funnel approach where you just keep dumping more and more and more as soon as they fall at the bottom of the sales funnel and then they're done. It's you're keeping your audience in there that you've worked to earn their their trust and they're continuing to work for you and and build more leads coming in your way.
0: Totally. I want to share my screen a little bit. And this is such a uh, such a, a great article. Thank you again for sharing. I think Peter already shared the link in the comment section. I, Like everything, you know, we have been discussing so far, you know, there will be no room for strangers. Uh, it's really hit home for me and understanding that we need to earn that trust. We need to be invited. Otherwise, we will be disrupted. There will be no room for people who are just always like blasting off like content information, hoping people will purchase from them, not making an effort. This, uh, you know, will, will take more time, more energy, but to really build a relationship and can generate long term ROI. So, Jessica, everything you mentioned really just like such so many great points. And it's almost like a new paradigm. You know, I know that Mark Schiffer talks about this. It's a new way of doing like marketing, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's really kind of like the old way of doing marketing, but just on new tools, you know, (laughs) not limited by demographics, but that's what we all want. We just want honesty. We just want real relationships with with people that are offering value, you know, because loyalty is the new currency, right? Like 100% 100%, really. And um, yeah, I mean, the cool thing about it is it doesn't matter how big or small your company is, like, you, you all have access to these tools and you can literally use your brains over budget and get so much further than trying to kind of cheat the system the old way of blasting your message out.
0: Yeah, yeah. So kind of just too close. And by the way, I have been sharing Jessica's uh, Twitter handle. Everyone check her out and connect with her. And so this question from a uh, kind of a comment from Vicky, you know, it's going to be more and more challenging to get to know people. I so agree if more of the content is going to be happening through dark social. So what are some ways that we can actually measure? Like, are there alternative ways to know where traffic is coming from? Or does that even matter? Does does it even matter that we know the number, you know, this traffic's coming from here, there, there? That's even matter, you know, we're talking, I think someone was posting earlier talking about vanity metrics and do we still need to care about likes or like all those things at all? And uh, like, if dark social is going to be, uh, become more and more prevalent.
1: Yeah. So uh, for answering the first part, measuring. So you can either use a third-party tool. There's only a couple out there right now that are measuring like dark social, Um, or you can use the free one that's built in with Google, the UTM code. So that it will help you track where your your links are going and kind of what's generating that traffic.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, It doesn't tell you the people though, right? So like some of the other tools that you might want to consider, you know, having a CRM built in. So whether that's a HubSpot or Marketo or whatever their name is now, um, and things like that built into where you can kind of progressively profile and get to know your audience by what they're consuming. But in order to get more invited to the conversation or to uh, be able to participate more, it's just creating more quality content and more quality opportunities for them to start the conversation with you again using like a messenger on your website that's offering them hey do you need assistance with this Mm -hmm. let me help you versus just like sales pop-ups it's Um, you know, uh, having something of value uh, is in in the terms of a group or a community that you're creating. It is, um, you know, using tools like even Google My Business has where people can text Mm -hmm. questions um, to your business, using tools that invite people to the conversation to be able to participate in it. I think it's not going to matter that this is growing because it is what it is. How what's going to matter is how it's impacting you. So looking at am I getting growing in conversions and traffic to my website? Am I being invited to these conversations more? Mm -hmm. And it's always, you know, counting conversations, not likes, because the likes are going away anyway, right? Like Facebook's removing the likes, Instagram's removing likes. So just looking at ways where you can, you know, communicate, even when people commenting on posts that you have, like again, on Facebook or, um, on linkedin or any of the tools many of the times you can message them back directly so what we do is like we'll message them um what their question was to a post me or uh-huh. response and then also we'll comment back so everybody can see it publicly but then we message them also um and, and that's getting in the inbox that way too
0: that is such a great tip that's great because i don't know if you notice because on facebook i have so many notifications on a daily basis mm-hmm. and oftentimes i miss a notification all the time and on linkedin sometimes i don't even get a notification when someone commented on my post i really love this and you are sending them that personal note and then you know where the conversation can continue to grow you know yeah conversations lead to conversions right yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I love this this is so great uh, and thank you so much tony you're too kind yeah mm-hmm. so wow like an hour just woo Flew by. I yeah, know. I know. Thank you so much, everyone. Let me share. I have been sharing Jessica's uh, Twitter handle. Let me also share uh, their website. And make sure to check them out. So, any parting piece of advice regarding dark social that you want to share with us, enlighten us, make us help
1: us become as awesome as you. Yeah. I. I mean, it really, it's again just kind of looking at your brand holistically and saying, okay, I'm gonna put myself in my Customer, client, whatever you want to call them to choose, and see what would make our process easier for them, you know, from an experience standpoint. Starting there, not like I said, the dark social is the effect of, of what's going to happen based on what is already transpired. So think about that from the starting point of every search for you, every, uh, you know, process of working through with you online and everything that you're putting out then on social and really look at it from your customer's point of view and see how can we make this you know more frictionless Mm -hmm. and how can we add in more positive experiences that's going to encourage that conversation and i think you'll be fine
0: Amen. I love that. And what a great way to end. You know, like we are in today's experience economy. How can we make that even more positive? And uh thank you so much, Jessica. You are just amazing, and thank you so much, everyone from literally all over the globe. Join us live for this very interesting and informative conversation. I appreciate you guys, and thank you so much again, Jessica. I hope to see you guys. Uh, next wednesday or thursday for some of you same time same location thank you so much and stay safe everyone love you guys bye, <laughs> bye.